Welcome to another episode of the Lone Recruiter Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Clementson. If you're a recruiter, out on your own, or just lacking general guidance or mentorship, you've come to the right place. Our episodes are designed to give you the motivation, the strategies, and the expertise you might need to become the very best Lone Recruiter. So join us, grab a cup of coffee, and let's take your desk to another level. Now, today is going to be super confusing for everyone because I am joined by Brett. Brett Knowles, that is. Not Beyonce Knowles, not Brett Clementson. Brett Knowles, how are you? Great, thanks, Brad. And what a name. It's always good to meet a fellow Brad. Or as my daughter likes to call me, Brit. Oi, Brit. <laughs> She's watching too much New Zealand television. Congressman likes to call me Brad, but that's fine. I'll, I'll take it anyway it comes. No one actually likes being called Brett. That's the, that's the theme here. <laughs> um, look, uh, as you guys know, we like to interview top billing recruiters. I've known Brett for a few years now. We met during uh, COVID lockdown. It was actually quite an interesting way we met up. But, um, hey, look, I'll leave that to Brett. Want to give give us in 60 seconds your story. How would you get in the recruitment? Where are you at now? Let's go. Absolutely. It feels like a lifetime ago. Um, I mean, I, Brett, I got into recruitment probably like most recruiters did. I fell into recruitment, that good old phrase. I uh, was jogging with a friend. He said, come and do recruitment. I said, sure, why not? Let's get into it. That was circa 2000. When I started my career in recruitment, nice. Uh, ever since then, worked across Perm, worked in uh, real estate and property, built up a bit of a desk, uh, a practice within the residential real estate market, and then decided to uh, shift on from there, moved to, to a bit of a bigger business, and uh, am now with, with Six Degrees, where I started in, in the digital practice and mm-hmm. um, took on another challenge of contracting. So I took on a contracting desk, built up a contracting book. And then opportunities arose and I moved back into the permanent space and took on a, a, an executive role recruiting across the digital uh, landscape within the sort of consumables space. Um, and did that for a number of years, you know, did the $100,000 months, you know, strong billings, those sorts of things like most recruiters strive to achieve. Um, and uh, but COVID hit and uh, that caused me to do some self-reflection and I... Um, thought I want to do more than just uh, do the billing side of things and I, I have a bit of a passion of, of teaching and coaching and working with people and that led me on a journey to unpack uh, an opportunity here at Six Degrees which is to now, what I now do in the business and I've been with here five and a half years is uh, head up our whole learning and development uh, and employee experience function across the business. So Amazing. Three offices national um, and uh, yes, yeah, so it's a nice busy role mm. in the recruit space trying to offer some of the wisdom that I may have gained over the last 10 and a half years to, uh, to the next generation of recruiters. But, uh, I love it. You can give us some of your wisdom. <laughs> no, that's good. And a Sunday. That's probably my, uh, my go-to. You love your what? Sorry. I love my Chardonnay and a Sunday. You know, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Well, let's kick into it. That was a great intro. Um, as you guys know, we like to ask the same five questions. I'm getting some wonderful questions, uh, wonderful answers to these questions. I'm getting a ton out of it, if anything, you know, and I'm learning. And I actually used some of these. Just yesterday, closing a candidate, um, I used one of the answers I got off this podcast and it worked a treat. So, you know what? It's um, at the very least benefiting me. So thank you, Brett, for jumping on. First question for you is going to be, if you could only have one KPI to measure your desk, what would it be? Oh, good question. You know, that dreaded KPIs, um, I, I, I turn it away. It's metrics that matter for me, metrics that matter. And I think the metric that matters the most is, is conversion, uh, mm-hmm. conversion rate. The jobs that you're picking up, um, how, are you, how are you converting them? Are you converting them? 
because I think that that trickles down to the activity uh, that you should be doing, be it more business development, more candidate interviews, more client interactions. Um, so the KPI that you, I would be focusing on is that conversion rate. Jobs so picking on versus jobs I place. Right, so it's like the like ends of the spectrum, really. Like, it, like how many jobs do I get in? Ver, like to, to to what's that ratio basically? Because <clears throat> yeah. a lot of people do a lot of people do closer ratios, right? They'd go jobs in versus interviews, yeah. or interviews versus placements. But they, I yeah. I don't think I've ever heard end to end like that. Yeah, because I think it feeds when you look at the full cycle of you can have twenty jobs on, right? Mm. Uh, if if you're only feeling that, that's a lot of activity that you're doing in terms of interviewing candidates, sending CVs, arranging interviews and that sort of stuff. But if only 10% of those are converting, mm. then, then that might be, opens up a conversation for, well, where am I going wrong? Am I, is my job brief not actually accurate? And am I not spending enough time consulting with my client around, is this job palatable in the mm. market? Or am I interviewing the wrong candidates? So for me, I think if you can focus on that bigger picture, it just simplifies it. And then you can you can narrow down and focus in on areas of okay, I need to I need to improve my interview skills and I need to do more interviews with candidates to get the jobs field that I need to jump. And do you have do you have a ratio other than a hundred percent that uh, <laughs> that uh, that you like to see? Is there is there a number that works in your mind? Hundred percent, no, hundred percent. It's not hundred percent. That's not good enough. Right, right. I think I reckon if I reckon if you're somewhere certain 60 percent, mm. no. Because if you if you've got five jobs on, you're filling three of them. That like that's that's, yep. that's pretty. That's that, I reckon that's pretty good. Yeah, um, and you're doing that consistently, right? But you, you know, if you, if you haven't got something that you're measuring right, then, then you can't actually grow or you can't actually move forward. Mm. You can't actually take an opportunity to reflect and go, okay, well, what do I want to do? Mm. If, my, if my conversion rates ten percent, how do I get it to twelve percent? How do I get it to fifteen percent? Yep. What's the activity? What's the drivers? What's the motivators that I need to do mm. to see that that dial shift at the top? So and it's funny, we'll, it's, a, it's a metric that can feed into a lot of other areas. I like it, and, and we were talking just off camera before about the state of the market, and we're we're all saying that we're still all very busy, but maybe conversion isn't quite happening the way it was. And we kind of got on the path of, you know, it's ironic that when things tighten a little bit and it's not even tightening, the jobs are there, the people are there. It's more that both ends are getting fussier. And, and my resolve or your resolve was say, well, sometimes less is more in those scenarios. Like we need to get more quality, go deeper. And, you know, just say we did have 20 roles on last year, we'd place 50% of them, whatever, there was always going to be more and it was easy sort of goings, but now it's a bit tighter. If you want to get those 10 placements again, you almost need to have a one-to-one ratio, don't you? Like go go deep. Yeah, and, it, you know, then, then it breeds and, and looks at its quality, quality conversations that you're having with your clients um, and with your candidates. It's quality interactions. It's not just sitting behind emails, sending emails. It's actually mm. getting on the phone and going out and meeting someone, you know, face-to-face and having that influence. So it, it really, yeah, in this market, you really got to be looking at the quality more so than just quantity, right? I'm just Absolutely. Say BD, KPI, do, do 10 BD calls a day and you're, you know, billion, million dollars. That, that, that's just so old school. Mm. Um, quality focused. Am I actually converting this stuff? Am I in the traffic, etc.? Those types of metrics, uh, I think KPIs are uh, number one. Perfect. Love it. Um, second question. <clears throat> if you could only ask three interview questions, which obviously is sacrilege, but if you could only ask three, you've got five minutes and you know you have to make those calls, what are the three questions that you're going to ask? 
Yeah, I reckon, like, again, in this market, you know, you can sit here and qualify, you know, tell me about a time that you, you know, drove influence with no budget or something like that. Like, they're great questions. But I think in this market, understanding candidates' motivators mm. and why they would leave are mm-hmm. uh, questions that we should be spending more time on. With the amount of buybacks or counteroffers that are taking place and candidates changing mind, consultants just need to get better at truly understanding if someone's ready to leave. So it's things like... Getting, getting ballsy and saying, what would, your, what would your current employer need to do to retain you or keep you in the business? Ask that question. That's a great question. That's a great question. And then they'll spit out all the reasons why they might stay. And then mm. you up with, okay, have you had that conversation with your employer and how did that experience go? Mm. Right? And that insight, then when you might come across a wobbly candidate or, hey, my employer's given me an extra $10,000 got the data to say to them, actually, well, we had a conversation. This is what you're wanting. This is what you were needing. Um, so another good question is, um, where do you see yourself in the business in the next three to five years? Mm. And, and is that achievable? I love it. Now they can sit there reflecting going, oh, well, I see myself in a head-on role. Um, that means my manager has to leave and my manager's not leaving in the next three to five years. So my career aspirations actually don't align with my current so they can pay you an extra $10,000, but your career aspirations will never be met. So mm. why are you staying? Why are you going? So you can have a much more robust conversation, I think, with your candidates um, and truly understand their drivers and motivators. I love it. So the three interview questions were, again, so it was, so yeah. motivations. Yeah, what was your current employer? Yep. What could your current employer do or provide to retain you? Yep. Um, have you had that conversation with your employer and what was that experience like? Mm-hmm. And um, do you, where do you see yourself or can you see yourself in the business in the next three to five years in what role, what capacity? Um, or where do you see yourself in the business? Yeah, fantastic. I'm going to skip the next question. And I'm sorry for everyone at home. Someone decided to start drilling on my bloody roof. So I'm not sure if we can edit that out, but uh, it's still in my head in. Um, those three questions kind of lead straight into how do you handle counteroffer. So I'm going to skip to that one because I think that um, that they're probably related, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, your counteroffers, first thing you do is, is we, us recruiters need to stop um, patronising and guilting our candidates that look at counteroffers and say that 68% of people accept a counteroffer are back on the market in six months' time. Because we all know that 72% of statistics are made up, right? Mm-hmm. Expect the decision if that's what they've made. Um, yeah, on a, on a long enough timeline, you know, 100% of people quit, right? <laughs> so, so stop, you know, and that just, that's just such a short-term mindset for, for, for consultants. Like, mm. you got you got to be thinking long-term, long game. If you just respect that decision, work with them, try and influence the outcome if you can. But ultimately, if they've made the choice, respect it and let it go. Because they might be a hiring manager in two years' time mm. and you've got a strong relationship with them that you can then leverage for business, right? Um, but if a, if a consultant, if a candidate's considering a counteroffer, you've missed the boat early on to manage that. Yeah. Counteroffers are handled at interview one. You know, you, you know from day dot whether this person's right for a counter or not. And, and a lot of times you just go, I'm not working with you because you get no tangible reason for leaving and you've pretty much said you would take a counter offer if it was a dollar more. You know? <laughs> if, if, again, as some of the questions before, like being direct, if, you're off, if, you're, if your company offered you an extra $10,000, what would you do? Mm. And they'll be like, oh, your next response is, well, go ask them for an extra $10,000. Yeah, 100%. See what happens. Yep. 
Yep. Because when they say no, they'll come back to you and be even more motivated, right? Yeah. So, and, at, and at every step along the way, has anything changed since we last spoke? That sort of stuff. That's how you manage counter offers. You don't manage counter offers once they've been counter offered. You, mm. you, you're too far behind the eight ball. That's why I love. It's why I love working with people who've been made redundant. A lot of people go, "Ooh, it might be a bit of stink." Like, no, there's no counter offer risk. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yes, yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's that idea of you want someone, you want a candidate that is like urgent. I need, I need to change. I need mm. to. Uh, couple that up with a client that, that has <coughs> an urgent need, like a true urgent need. Um, then you know that's the sweet spot. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, it can never be. It can never be done fast enough for us recruiters. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, you know, I had a placement happen this week, and and, the, and I'm trying to talk in code here. Uh, the person um, said I'll resign on Friday, and I literally just got off the phone with them, and they said, "You won't believe it. I can't resign today because someone in the business had a death in the family, and it's just." I can't do it to them. I said, you could have resigned yesterday. And they're like, I know, I know. So time's everything, right? Timing is always like now, 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 because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Someone could be drilling on your roof while you're trying to do a podcast. (laughs) Pull the bandit off, rip the bandit off. There's never the right time to leave a business. That's it. It's going to be the perfect, you know, circumstances that align. Just, just get it, just get it done. That's it. That's it. The candidate does take 24 hours or 48 hours maybe to resign. Then if, you, if you're not switched on to that, mm. going, something might be up here, yep. and then giving them a call or having a conversation with them or probably better actually getting in front of them and having a coffee, mm. um, you, you're opening yourselves up for, yeah, counter offers and buybacks of losing candidates every day of the week. 100%. Oh, I like that. Buyback. I like that. I've never heard of it that way. It is. That's what it is. I'm buying it back. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, okay, z- zooming through it. So what is your best closing line when you've got the offer out or you get into that offer stage with a candidate? What's the closing line? What's the approach? Yeah. Um, again, I'll, and I'm probably seeing a bit of a theme here around qualification, but it's like it's questions like before, before we get the offer, is there anyone else that you need to consult with about changing jobs? Mm. Family members, partners, wives, husbands, etc. Right. Like, have they gone through all of that? Because you hate, you know, to get home and, honey, love, got a new job. You're not changing jobs. We've just applied for the mortgage <laughs> to get. Yeah. We need consistent employment. Uh, yes, forgot that happened. Happens more often than you think. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Especially in times like today, mm. you know, these with the with the way things are going. Um, you know, yeah, those those sorts of those sorts of questions I think are really really good mm. at that at that closing stage of a candidate. Um, other ones are like you know pre, you know that trial close that we sort of talk about within the sector or preempting. You know, if mm. I was to get the offer at X, would you accept? Yep. You know, yes or no, um, and and just putting you know testing the water before you um, you know before you get the offer. Mm. Uh, there's just some, there's something quite remarkable that happens, you know, asking the question, if we were to get you this, what are we doing? Yeah, absolutely, I'm taking it. Or, oh, I'm not sure I'd have to think about what – then it opens up the next question, doesn't it? What do you, what do you need Correct. to think about? You know? Exactly right. What's there to get- Because if you just give them that offer, if you're young and you're a recruiter listening, you never give a candidate an offer if you haven't asked these questions because what you're going to do is go, here's the offer, and all of a sudden they go silent on you and cold. You can't ask those questions anymore because you've given them everything they need. The, the, the trial close is the most underutilised tool that recruiters have to ensure they they have 
confidence in the candidate accepting a job. And then being yeah. able to communicate with a client. Nothing worse than, a cli- than you as a recruiter calling a client saying they've pulled out after they've offered. Like that's, mm. that's puts you in in, in, a, in a bad spot. Because so, mm. um, it's also, and the, 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 the add on to those questions is um, so if I get the offer at X as discussed, are you comfortable if I verbally accept on your behalf mm. and facilitate an appointment contract? Yes yep. or no? 100%. Right? 100%. So then they're empowering you yep. and they're saying, yep, I mean, you say yes. Right, they're giving you the control of that, of that, of that deal. Yeah. Oh, but I, but I need to review. But, but I need to. But, but yeah. Okay. What are the buts? What are the buts? Yeah. Yeah. Think, think of me. We're in an auction. Like you're, you're, you're on a. You've got no reception in your phone. I'm the guy that's going to bid on this thing for you. Like I can't just guess. Tell me what you need. Let's go. And, and this is like, and this is what I, this, now you get, you get me excited. Maybe, maybe, maybe I need to get back. You haven't done deals in a while. <laughs> it's, I haven't actually done a deal in a while. It's, it's quite, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, because this goes back to what we've been about before around quality, quality conversations and quality connections. Mm. Right? If you really master that quality stuff, then all this other stuff is, is I, can't, I can't say it's not going to happen. It mm. Uh, it's easier to manage and, and you reduce the risk of, of losing that, right, which then increases your conversion rate mm-hmm. you're having better, better quality conversations, better outcomes. Better outcomes for you means more placements, more placements means yeah. And and you know what? A quality conversation at the start can sometimes dictate, I'm not working with this person because it's not going to work. We can't get the money they want. We can't do the timing they want. They, these, they, there are too many roadblocks. So you, you're saving yourself time as well by being thorough sometimes. And, well, we will probably get that's probably another podcast, right? How, how recruiters need to learn to say no better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. It's a hell yeah or a hell no. No middle ground. Like, I've got that rule in my office. Like, they go, I'm not sure. I'm like, it's a, after we talk, it's a hell yes or a hell no. That's it. And it's the best. It's the best. No middle ground. Early on, early on in the days, I remember working some jobs that I was just like, why am I? Exactly. Exactly. All right. I'm conscious of the clock here. So last question. How do you get yourself out of a slump? Yes. Uh, it's, it's easy. It's cool. We, we say call your mates. Yep. Uh, who, who in your network are your friends? Yep. Eyes up. Who can tell you you're amazing. You just do some very easy BD mm. where you're just chatting with your mates who you can just get back into that rhythm. That's one. And then, from a practical level, just just um, time box your, t- your, your, your tasks. Mm. So just lock out thirty minutes. I'm going to punch out A, B, C. Bang, have a ten minute break. Thirty minutes. I'm going to punch out X, Y, Z, and just get yourself back into the rhythm, momentum of doing the doing. Yeah. Uh, couple that with yeah, just call your mates in the, in the industry for a yarn. Um, you do that. You do that for a couple of days. You should be you should be right. Uh, yeah. Go home, just get a good night's sleep and come back and realise it's just recruitment. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Another day. Another day. Yeah, I love it. Mate, that was excellent. They are quality answers from a quality recruiter. Maybe you should get back on a desk, show, show the little guys how it's done. Um, I really appreciate being on. The audience does as well. So we'll wrap that up. For everyone at home, thanks for listening. As always, we, we are chasing five-star reviews. So if you're on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to this, give us a review. Slap us five stars. It really helps us grow. And we are growing. We keep growing. Every day I see these numbers go up. I'm getting messages from you 
from you recruiters out there, you know, asking certain questions and I create content around it. So please don't be shy. Reach out. I love it. Um, as always, it's all we have time for you. Um, have an amazing day and may all your deals come true.